Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Priest, Brother, and You, where we talk about your deepest questions from life on campus. My name is Father Jake, joined by fellow co-host, Brother Matthew, and Mike Memory, a student here at the U. Brother? Brother Matthew here. Mike, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Mike is a senior studying computer science. Mike, why did you decide to study computer science? Well, the main reason I did was it was one of my lasting impressions of something that I found interesting in my high school years. And uh, I've found over the years, as I've taken it here at the U, I've found that teaching and being interactive with students with this type of material is very fun for me. So yeah, that's how I've kind of really come to appreciate my studies so far. Great. Well, it's been great getting to know you in CSU here the past past several years, Mike. So, Mike, you're bringing to us a topic today, which is something we we don't talk about very much. Maybe we should talk about it much more. What is that? My main topic was bringing up the notion of behavioral addictions that are much more prevalent in young people, uh, namely the stuff that I think doesn't get as much airtime, namely stuff like social media, pornography, video games, anything that can be that's been more prevalent, say, in the last decade. And uh, I was just wanted to ask questions in regards to how the church and its teachings can pose to us answers with this very modern problem. Yeah, great question, Mike, and uh, I'd love to explore today. Um, what, uh, how has this come about in your life where this is clearly a question you've been thinking about for a while. We talk about in the podcast about like having your deepest questions from life on campus. How has this been something that has, has been in your mind and, and risen to the occasion of bringing it up today? The big, uh, it, there is a bit of a personal level to it. Um, I have dealt with addictions of my own in the past, and I know several people who I know are perfectly fine students here on campus and friends of mine who have all dealt with some degree of one of these in their lives. So, I've recognized it as a very modern, but very more prevalent problem. I'd say even more prevalent than um, drugs or alcohol, in my opinion. So to me, I've always found it to be very, very pertinent nowadays. Yeah, I totally agree. In fact, I was, even before coming here this morning, I was speaking with the guys I was living with uh, on this topic of video games, and there was some, I wouldn't say quite heated discussion, but we all had various opinions on this, but I do think that one thing we we agreed on is this is more prevalent, speaking specifically about like the the tendency towards hours and hours of video games, hmm. uh, the tendency to be able to say like and call it out, like could this be a, an addiction? So yeah, I definitely see it here. And my goodness, I'm glad we're just kind of talking about it together. And And since these are, as you say, Mike, since these are new areas, we can't simply go back to the scriptures and say, "Oh, well, here's where Saint Paul teaches about video games." Mm-hmm. So we we do have to we have to ask the Holy Spirit to help help guide us in understanding what the church ultimately does teach about about these areas. Of course, video games and, and social media are very new. Pornography is, of course, much older, but there's a, a new sense about pornography that we have today, which is that pornography is extremely accessible. That's what's very new about pornography. I mean, even sitting here in this room, any one of us could access pornography in a matter of seconds. Mm -hmm. That's something very, very different, where in the past you would need to really work for it or even need to expose yourself to some shame in order to acquire it. 
So that's what makes pornography different about these times. So you're, you're right, Mike. This is, these are good questions for our own times. Yeah, a few few things just to kind of kick us off. I, I think the church is, is a very um, powerful place to begin with. How do they even talk about addictions? Because the church is the greatest promoter and proponent of human freedom and flourishing, actually. So the church wants us to be deeply free, not just kind of in this like slavery kind of freedom, like we want to be free from slavery kind of thing, like an external coercion or f- external force, but also at the internal level, especially the level of the soul, the freedom of the person's emotional life, the person, the, the freedom of just the, the behavior and person of the, of the particular soul created by God to be deeply alive. And so anything that comes in the way of that, a stumbling block of any kind of addiction, the church wants to speak into that. I would say I would make a quick distinction between even the, the, the three things we've mentioned so far, uh, pornography, video games, and social media, I think we want to make a quick distinction of they're not weighted the same. There are some things that the church would say are evil in themselves, like pornography. There's no like moderation of pornography that's an acceptable or good thing. It's just like, okay, we, we don't want to do it. But then something like social media or even video games, it's not an evil in itself. So it's more of a question of uh, temperance or the life of virtue, how to really live it well as a Christian in such a way that it doesn't become something that overcomes me, that somehow oppresses or possesses me. Does that, does that distinction make sense? Yeah, I think it does because I think a part of the reason why I think this is such a very unanswered question is because um, there isn't anyone I know who hasn't used social media to some extent and we've all had I think been taught in this way that it isn't inherently bad but only in the past few years have you realized that it can be taken to an nth degree and it's that new territory that I think makes this so much harder for us to understand because it's new ground for everyone Uh, the people who've never had it before don't know how to handle it uh, and the people who are just taking it now are kind of the guinea pigs to the worst of it. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it'd be helpful even just to give a, a couple definitions. One that I've been drawn to lately for addiction is just simply this, a state of compulsion, obsession, or preoccupation that enslaves a person's will and desire. So this kind of addiction sidetracks and eclipses the energy of our deepest, truest desire for love and goodness. So let me just say that first part again. Just a state of compulsion, obsession, or preoccupation that enslaves a person's will and desire. And so that could really encapsulate a good thing. <laughs> Even some, something good can become a bad thing if it's actually uh, becoming, uh, in me, a state of compulsion or obsession or even preoccupation. I'm always thinking about this. I can't get away from it. A second one, and this is actually something that I've, I've also liked at the behavioral level from Sister Miriam. Uh, she speaks a lot into this area. She says, addiction is simply those things we turn to when we cannot stand our emotional state. I find that deeply psychologically true. Like, oh, when I can't stand how, what I'm feeling or doing right now, I just turn to these other things just to kind of numb myself or tune out or what have you. So if that's helpful, just to kind of grasp a couple little definitions. 
Yeah, in other words, there might be multiple reasons that we engage in a bit, an addictive behavior. So on, on the physical side, it's that because we've engaged it so many times before, our brain has actually been altered to, to desire these things, and our capacity to resist has been greatly diminished. But there's also the emotional side apart from that, which is I'm choosing this behavior because I'm trying to escape something. I'm trying to escape emotional wounds, wounds from my upbringing or loneliness, rejection, uh, poor body image, stress, any number of things. So different reasons that we'll, we'll choose these addictive behaviors. Those are really good takes from my end. I actually, I, I wanted to also, this was a side question to me, was when you bring up this obsession to constantly distract yourself, uh, I was actually going to ask as well, do you think that the prevalency of these newer addictions has any ties to the higher rates of mental unwellness, especially amongst college students and young adults in general? It's a great question, and I don't pretend to be, you know, a clinical psychologist or anything to kind of understand mm -hmm. the, the, the multiplicity of the causes. Uh, I can say, certainly as a priest, there, uh, a f I could see this being a, a deeply contributing factor. One of the biggest ones I see is more on the, f the level of their family upbringing uh, and relationships and kind of the breakdown from familial structures and broken relationships I see as a, as a, one of the biggest factors I see personally. Um, but then it seems to be compounded by these various things that are becoming so popular when we can't stand our emotional state. So maybe from more of these more relational broken areas of our life, then we start turning to things like pornography, uh, just increasing levels of or time consumption on video games and social media, and that can compound the already existing issues of the brokenness in relationships. I see that's from my perspective what I see perhaps more often, but your thoughts, brother? I think part of the, uh, yeah, I, I agree, Father Jake. It's, it's hard to say definitively at this point. We'll, we'll see as time goes on what are the real effects of of social media, video games, especially pornography, as as a whole generation is now growing up with that from the very very beginning. Uh, but I think a, another aspect of it is that you just have to be aware that these things, social media, video games, and pornography, in our society, are often promoted. They're heavily promoted, and that's because all these things are are very valuable industries. They really sell. They sell a lot. And so while parts of our society do acknowledge the dangers of these things, other parts of our society really affirms and promotes these things. And, and we just know how it is. Whenever, whenever a harmful or potentially harmful behavior is affirmed or promoted without the right cautions, such as too much video games can actually be a bad thing, then we really get into trouble. And I think that's a lot what has happened in our society today is we speak way too little about the harms of overdoing video games. We speak way too little about the, the harms of pornography. Yeah, speaking a little bit more into like, how does the church even begin to speak into addiction? If, if you were to open up like the Catechism of the Catholic Church, for example, just do a word search, you wouldn't see addiction mentioned a great deal, 
but you would see it kind of in relation to the whole of the church's teaching, especially with regard to the dignity of the person. And there's two fundamental parts to the dignity of the person. There's many others, but one is intellect and one is will. The two things that really reflect the image of God in the person. The intellect, we're actually made to know truth. We're actually made to rejoice in all things that are light and true. And that's where our mind is oriented. Uh, Then the will is oriented towards the things that are good. And especially when we talk about addiction, it can be an attack on both, but most especially in the will. That's where we talk about the definition of addiction. Like it makes us compulsive people. Like that's where our will is starting to be taken away. We actually don't feel like we're free. Oh man, like I'd like to, I'd like to not be consumed by social media, but I almost am like compulsed into it. I I don't even know that I'm doing it. And then I'm, I find myself doing it for hours. And that would really be an attack on the will, which begins to almost suppress or box in the dignity of the person. So the church wants to always keep in mind like these two factors of the intellect and will. We want these to be deeply free for the true and the good. And so a life of virtue is more how the church would begin to speak into uh, how to break free the life of grace and the life of virtue, learning how to, to practice a stability in like intestinal fortitude, for example, when I'm deeply fearful of something in my life and it'd be easier for me, you know, or anyone just to kind of go into something quite easy like pornography for an instantaneous like gratification. I just need to like zone out. I need to feel good about myself or what have you. And the church would say, this is really where your will can easily be given into addictive behaviors by not standing fast in fortitude and actually standing for something that's going to give me more life than something like pornography or hours and hours spent on social media. Another way of thinking about what Father Jake is saying there is that that the Catholic Church understands the malleability of the human person. And this is something we're all familiar with. What we do shapes who we are. We're we're very formable. And there's a there's a positive side to that, which is which is what the church we teach about most often because that's where we want to focus our, our aim is that when we do good things, we become better people. Those good things become habituated in us. We become virtuous. And of course, we're assisted by grace in that process, grace from God. But it also works in the, in, in the, other, in the other direction. When we do a bad thing or a harmful thing, we also become accustomed to doing that harmful thing. And so we, that, that habit is internalized. And so we, we eventually confirm ourselves in vice. And when we do that to, to a very severe extent, that's what a, an addiction is. When we've really reinforced again and again harmful behaviors, that's an addiction. So obviously the word addiction is a, a primarily a psychological word or at least a, world that's been, a word that's been borrowed from psychology, psychiatry. But the church has always known that someone can really do great damage to themselves by reinforcing destructive acts. And Mike, I think you had been asking too, um, at least in your email, about the, uh, like the, some biblical passages or scripture uh, that might be speaking into this uh, addiction a little bit. And just as Brother Matthew said, you know, 
St. Paul never really mentioned video games, obviously. Maybe in the literal English translation. Of course, he spoke in English. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but there'd be plenty of passages, especially where I think you can learn a lot about addiction through understanding temptation and the human person. Uh, and even the subtleties of how temptation comes to a person. So, for example, like in uh, John chapter 2, verse 16, First uh, John, that is, he says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the enticement of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. I think it's a very succinct thing he says there in those three things that really encapsulate the spirit of the world the worldly that can lead us away from relationship with God. So uh, everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, um, certainly pornography, <laughs> enticement of the eyes, I would like to think Instagram, um, the pride of life. Uh, so like even with, if someone were to kind of push back and say, well, come on, I, maybe I can begin to see like pornography, but what about social media? How bad can that be? Well, look at kind of like what Brother Matthew was saying, like what we do forms who we are. And so certain things that can develop out of a lot of habituated time spent on social media would be like a preoccupation with other people's lives in such a way that, you know, we always kind of say casually, when we compare, we despair. When we're just engrossed in a lot of other people's lives and how they look, I'm like, oh man, they look so good <laughs> because we all look perfect on social media. And they're like, oh crap, like I look terrible. Who am I? And like, actually, I... It seems that the studies are showing that there is a correspondence with the rise of social media and depression because you're depressed because we're always comparing our, you know, quote unquote, terrible lives to other people's perfect lives. Then there'd be like a preoccupation with self. Oh, how do I look? Uh, I'm always taking pictures of myself. I'm posting thousands, you know, um, and this can be a real danger of the, an egocentrism. It's all about me which can certainly lead to narcissistic tendencies. Uh, I don't know how to care for other people other than myself. Um, and just, I would say, especially as a priest, what I see is like a, it promotes a spiritual sloth or a negligence to the things of God. I'm so preoccupied with, well, the things of the world, those threefold things that St. John uh, refers to. So I could see like, again, to your point about where might scripture be talking about? Basic principles, especially with temptation, I think would be good principles to begin to understand how it relates to addiction. When we start giving into temptation, uh, it goes down this downward cyclical path towards greater degrees of slavery of my will. I'm less free to do the good when I keep going down this path of things like that. One of my final kind of send-off question would be more pertaining to uh, both of you specifically in your position. Um, I was going to say, what kind of spiritual gifts um, have you guys found as clergymen um, that makes you less prone or have given you kind of power above these type of things that opposed to us lay people, I guess? Hmm. I'm anxiously awaiting your answer. 
<laughs> well, well, maybe maybe Father Jake has tapped into some secret source of of all-consuming grace in this area. <laughs> uh, I haven't discovered it myself, and uh, I imagine he'll say very similar that that this is. I mean, the, the temptation in general. This remains this remains a battle for everyone. No one is immune to temptation, and we need to fight against it our our whole lives. Uh, certainly, there there is a there is a grace of our from our, our our different vocations, but it's it's not a grace that that takes away temptation in any sense, and and so uh, uh, maybe there's also the uh, there there is certainly the the effect of scandal that Father Jake and I, if we're to fall in these areas in a big way, then. Then there's also the the fear that that's going to lead others others astray. So sometimes that that can be a helpful a helpful check in us. But I would say by and large, the uh, what what really matters is the our own relationship with the Lord, and, and just the same as as is opened out to you, Mike, is our own relationship with the Lord depending on His grace, going to Him often for forgiveness. It's that kind of thing more than anything else. Yeah. I like to quote uh, Mark Twain on this, um, where he says, the only thing I can't resist in life is temptation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my hope would be that I am growing in my ability to resist uh, temptations, even to good things that can become bad things uh, when they become idols, you know, things that captivate me more than God. Uh, Yeah, for me... um, I would agree very much with but with what Brother Matthew said. I would say the way of life and and the structure, especially of relationships, really help promote this this life. Because it's let's be honest, we can't really break free of addictions on our own, except by the grace of God. And for the most part, grace often works through good relationships. Mm-hmm. And so, having a, a like foundational relationships, we 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 do become who we associate ourselves with. So if we're surrounding ourselves with people who um, continue to promote, celebrate even, and actively discourage uh, the Christian life, there's going to be real, no, really no breaking free of these things. So for me as a priest, being around uh, just uh, healthy relationships uh, has people that have a similar vision of life, of seeking the Lord, and, and just a life of virtue has been probably the biggest factor other than my life of personal prayer. For Perhaps for people listening, um, I think it might be just a good exercise to, you know, on a piece of paper, just begin to write down, like give it some prayerful thought, take it into a holy hour. What is the sort of person I desire to become? Because let's be honest, when we're in these behaviors, even when society is celebrating them and says they're good, Look at their effects in your life and honestly assess if it's helping you become the person you desire to become. And so even putting down, you know, sometimes three, five, ten things about what kind of person do I want to become, then the second step can be very helpful in saying, what are the sorts of things I need to put in my life and perhaps even take out that do not help me become what I most truly desire? Um, I would say most people actually desire to be pure because pure is freedom. I look at persons not as objects uh, for my own pleasure, 
but for people that I can actually, I can love them and see them as their whole person. I think most people actually would desire that when they're really being honest with themselves. So then that second question is very helpful and it gets very practical very quick <laughs> about what are the sorts of things I need to put into my life, like something that's stable. This would be just called like a, a basic rule of life, we could say. Um, prayer every day, really seeking uh, to be very straightforward with myself about my own tendencies to give in to, say, like hours of whatever. To know like, wow, I, I'm, I need to be pretty strong with myself in setting up parameters and maybe even a my men's group or my, my group of sisters that I can walk with me, that I can be living in the light about those things and how easy it is for me to move away. So those would be just a few things. Yeah, Mike, when you, when you think about this, is there anything that's occurred to you that's either helped you or you've seen it help others, practical things that can help us get free from either addiction or just unhealthy habits in these areas? I definitely would have to say that um, relationships for one, mm-hmm. um, whether that be on, in terms of people being accountable, uh, having people to check yourself when you can't be the one to do that all the time, or in cases of, instead of necessarily like prevent, it's kind of on the opposite end of not so much preventing the bad stuff to get in, but rather filling you with good stuff mm. in that sort of analogy of they'll fill you with uh, hope and love and reasons to bask in fulfilling things for your life. Um, I found that to be pretty much the keystone to all of that bountiful grace, essentially, that will keep me grounded in reality and also keep me grounded in what I want to be, whether that be with college or family or relationships, any of those things that keeps me, I've found that it keeps me grounded so much more in my life as mm-hmm. opposed to this kind of, as you said, preoccupation with video games or someone else's life or the lust for something else, you know, you're filling yourself with your own life and really living it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Let me, based on what both of you are saying, let me just let me just list off some of the things we've already said, and I'll add a couple more in terms of practically, and think to yourself as you're listening to this, what are, is there one of these areas that if I, if I incorporate this or do a better job in this area, it's really going to help me with, with, with harmful habits? So one is prayer, including the kind of prayer that Father Jake had just mentioned, reflecting about who we want to become. But prayer in general, interceding that the Lord would give us the grace for the hour of temptation Another thing that we've mentioned already is really to get help. We don't need to fight this alone. In fact, it's dangerous to fight alone. And I think sometimes the evil one wants us to think that we're the only one who has that problem. That's very far from the truth. So finding a small group, a regular meeting small group can be so helpful here. The sacrament of confession, forgiveness in general, but the sacrament of confession is huge. As Catholics, we have this opportunity to, to really get a brand new start in this area by making a good confession. Something we don't talk about too often, I think, is we, we've been talking about technological temptations. I think it's important to recognize that <clears throat> we can use good technology to fight bad technology or, or mm. technological things which are tempting. A great example of that is is there are many there are today many 
internet filters and, and pornography accountability softwares that can really help us live in the light when it comes to, to temptation on the internet. We've said again, life in, in community. It's not just that we want to remove unhelpful habits and patterns, but we want to introduce good relationships. We want to replace the unhealthy isolation with healthy relating. I think too, healing prayer is a part of this. We, we've noted that sometimes sometimes we go to, to social media or excessive video games, certainly pornography, because of emotional wounds. And as Christians, we, we really believe Jesus can heal those. The thing that's driving us towards pornography, perhaps, can actually be healed if we allow the Lord to heal us there. So that's a great thing to work work through with a, with a spiritual advisor of some sort to, to try to get healing there. And of course, when, when, a, when a habit like this becomes serious and, and rises to the level of an addiction, then it can be very helpful to, to get counseling. So all we would say there is, especially when it comes to something like uh, pornography or sex addiction in general, uh, it's great if you can get a good recommendation for what counselor to see, a counselor that can that can help you with a Catholic mindset or at least an openness to, to Christianity. Mm. Anything you would add there, Father Jake? Yeah, I really think the what you mentioned about there's hope for healing, I think is a huge thing because especially with the pornography, there's so much oftentimes shame associated with that and kind of an interior despair like, well, I'm just relegated to struggle with this my whole life and that's just completely false there is a great deal of healing and hope the only other thing i would add is um, with regard to certain things like social media and especially even video games this is something that i'm not entirely convinced uh, a lot of people are convinced about (laughs) that it actually might be more of a problem than they think and especially with good relationships uh, to be open to seeing how this might be more of a problem than people might think. Uh, and that's what good friends will do, is they'll be able to cast light uh, just even by the, the words we speak and the activities we do, uh, that certain things just are not as life-giving as we might think they are. Amen, amen. Maybe I'll just say a couple of summary things to, to draw us to a close here. I think what we said at the beginning is really important here is that addiction brings slavery but Jesus brings freedom. That's how we can understand this whole area. As Father Jake mentioned at the beginning, pornography use is always bad. But social media, video games, they're in a different category. What's, what's really problematic there is the overuse of those. Or we might even say it like this. When we start to prioritize social media or video games over real life, then that can become a problem. Real life simply needs to take first place over virtual life. Maybe I'll just draw us to one, one more scripture passage, which I have found so helpful in my own life in, in temptation from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 to 13. I think to many of us, this, this verse 13 is going to be familiar. This is where St. Paul says, God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. Testing is part of the Christian life. That's where we're able to prove to God our love for him. 
but he never tempts us or tests us. I should say he never tests us beyond what we can endure. Mm-hmm. He never does that. There's always grace enough. But in the same passage, I think there's a, 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 just a couple lines earlier. There, there's some, some just some beautiful things which we often pass over. And in, in the so just a couple sentences earlier, Saint Paul says, "So if you think that you are standing, watch out that you do not fall." That's a great reminder to us that our whole lives, we always need to be on guard against temptation. And if we've achieved a real, by God's grace, a real victory in an area, we can never stop being grateful for that and never stop appreciating that this is God's work. And at any moment, we could lapse back into our former ways. So we always want to be on guard. And then Paul says this. He says, no testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. Like we said, we, we all experience temptations, but I think what's uh, what's even deeper here is that, that I think Paul even has in mind Jesus himself, that Jesus himself experienced testing. He never succumbed to it, but he experienced it. Hebrews chapter 4, For we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to sympathize what, sympathize with us in our weakness. Let me say that again. Hebrews chapter 4, For we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Jesus has been tested in every respect as we are, but without sin. So may the one who who endured all kinds of testing and temptation be for us a hope and be for us our, our source, the source of grace. In him we can actually overcome overcome sin. Amen, brother. Thank you. Great discussion. Mike, thanks so much for being on the, on the podcast. Great to be here. Really great to be here. And thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Hope you, uh, hope you heard something today that struck you and inviting the Lord into that place uh, to help make it a, a real reality for us to be really persons who are living in the freedom of Christ. God bless you. Thank you.